Welcome to Cryptid Crossroads 505. I'm Larry. And I'm Vince. Welcome to the show where we talk all things cryptid, Sasquatch, aliens, hauntings, and anything paranormal you would like to share with us. You can reach us at cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. So settle in, open your mind, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Cryptid Crossroads 505. We're hearing it doing. We're here doing it once again. No, I'm not drunk. Not yet. Anyway, give him a shout out, Vince. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the CCR 505 studios. Uh, glad to say that the winds finally come down today in the 505. It's been a windy, na- dusty mess over here. Oh, yes. Those winds picked up. And we've, we've had some uh, forest fires all over the state, and those winds probably didn't help. So, you know, that's not a good thing. But Right, but that's kind of the norm here in New Mexico during the summer. It is. It is. We're used to it. But, but you know, it's still not good because uh, I heard... Uh, this year, people lost their homes, and, and right. that's a terrible well, thing. It is, and what we're really worried about is Sasquatch habitat. That's right. We want to make sure the squatches are okay so that when we go out there, we can interact with them. Right, so. or else, hey, they could stay with me if they need to. That's right, that's right. Well, speaking of the topic Sasquatch, that's what we're going to discuss again tonight because it seems like that's the favorite thing we like to do. Right, and one of our favorite shows is in full swing. And it is. I, I got to admit, I'm a little behind the power <laughs> curve. I've been <clears throat> working a little too much lately. So, Well, you know, we got to work, we work. But um, I did watch them all and uh, can't wait till he catches up so we could discuss them and we'll talk about them with you. Uh, so if you're a follower of the Expedition Bigfoot on Discovery Plus, you know, it's streaming now. Check it out. Check it out. And I believe tonight on Discovery, on Travel Channel is their new episode, right? Yes. They do it on Sundays. Yes, they do it on Sunday night. But anyway, I was telling my brother that... Uh, wait, we got... Oh, oh wait. Oh, yeah, we're jumping the gun here. We we forgot to give a shout-out to y'all. We're, we're excited, to, so excited to be here. We're, right. we're forgetting things. Right. We, we've been working so much. We did skip a week. It's all due to work. Yeah. So, you know, um, but we made time today, and here it is. So here's a toast to you. You. Uh, and by the way, this is Sasquatch hormones we're drinking. That's right. <clears throat> so if you see us getting a little hairy where we're not usually hairy, you know what's going on. <laughs> it's like Wolfman elixir. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, I I recently watched uh I I, I don't even say it's a documentary. This is like an interview. If any of you are familiar with George Nori who hosts coast to coast he has a show on Gaia and it's called Beyond Belief well I watched an interview with a woman from Arkansas she's written three books called 100 Nights of Sasquatch it's a three book series and she talked about her encounters with uh, multiple Sasquatches that would uh, I guess invade their privacy and come on their property Uh, 
some of the stories she said uh, were pretty convincing to me. And she was genuine. And uh, I found this interview with her really, really good. Now, I, I mean, I've heard a lot of interviews, but I just, she just sounded so genuine to me. Right, and we've talked about this before, like when we see documentaries or interviews, how you could tell a lot from somebody's body language, the way they react when they're reta retelling the story. So, but you said she seemed genuine. Now, she we did. have people where you're just like, oh, God. When they're like, wait, they're talking to me now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they said they, oh, they're communicating <laughs> telepathically. <laughs> and... uh on that note, what my brother's talking about on on that interview, we saw uh, supposedly they communicate with them telepathically, and one lady said they even like to smoke chokeweed, or, or what she was referring to, weed. <laughs> yeah, well, back then we kind of took it with a grain of salt, but now it's legal in New Mexico, so hey, who knows? Right, maybe they do go to their local dispensary and stack up on some chokeweed. right. But anyway, what I was telling my brother, she was talking about like in the forest across from her house, her and her husband, they cleared the trees to a certain level so that you could see what's going on in the forest because she said it seems like um, that's where they would congregate in this because there's houses off to the left, off to the right, but right in the middle leads to the forest and of course then the expanse, but... She was saying she would hear them mimic, uh, like, children, mimic, like, a baby crying. And we've heard of them doing this as well. But right. the, the, the real reason, who knows why they were doing it. She quite didn't know herself. She just knew they were doing it. She felt like they were trying to lure her and her family or someone out of the home, out of the yard, and into the forest. Uh, she didn't think they had the best intentions at, you know, uh, she, she was afraid of them. She was definitely afraid of them. Uh, and she, she let it be known, but it was interesting, uh, that she said that, you know, two o'clock in the morning and you hear a baby crying and at first, you know, you get startled and think, oh my God, is there a baby out there? But she said, someone that's not familiar with what these creatures do may go into the woods and see if there is a baby, right. <laughs> you know. Uh, and they'll find out there's a baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> they'll be the ones crying. Right. And uh, she, her books, I don't know if they're for sale on Amazon, but I, I'm thinking I may want to read them just to see if there's anything else that she left out in there. Now, she did say they're trying to sell the house. Uh, George and Laura said, well, it's a little too late because you've got your books out there now. And uh, she also has a website called 100 Nights of Sasquatch or something. And uh, she said she's not. it's not for the money. She just wrote the books to tell people what's going on. She said you could go on her website. You could see all the videos. You could hear all the recordings. And uh, you, if you want to buy the books, buy them. If not, don't. Just go to the website and, and see for yourself. Right. Now, you were, you told me another part to her story about uh, knocking on the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said uh, there were several times where, you know, they'd be, she specifically said one time she was uh, just sitting around and her and her husband and they heard a knock on the door. And this is late at night. 
And so they looked on the camera and they said there was no one at the door, but yet they heard a knock and, and uh, she couldn't explain it, but it's happened more than once. And she said that they would always hang out around the house late at night and sometimes get up on the house. I do believe that's what she meant. Uh, so if they could get up on a house, then the theory about them moving around in the trees is right. It's it's pretty. It's coming to light more and more. And also, um, <clears throat> like knocking on the door, but no, nothing caught on camera. Right. I mean, uh, we, we've talked to this about this before about the cloaking. Right. And uh, we both are still on the fence about it because we believe they're you know flesh and blood creatures of this earth, but that don't mean that that's not possible. No, I'm, and the more I hear these stories, the more I'm kind of thinking, okay, maybe there's something to this. Right, and and I can't explain it. If they truly do have the ability to cloak, I, it 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 baffles me. Uh, I do remember watching uh, another documentary, and one of the guys who sent the hair samples off said one of the scientists said that their hair, its pigment, it has a particular color to it, which can reflect the the light so it could make them look like they're a shadow or whatnot and he said that's why it's so hard to see them out in the wilderness because because of their hair color and his theory was if they if they like manipulate the hair color like make it stand or whatnot it reflects the light perfectly where they just blend in Kind of like a chameleon with the colors. Right, right. So they, they may not actually be invisible. They might be more blended in. Right. Just like uh, when uh, forest animals are babies, that's one of the, the protections they get is they camouflage better. Right. Like fawns will lose their spots, but when they're babies, they because they uh, blend right in with the shrubbage. Right, that's, now, that's, that's nature. That's nature, right. Nature's way of protecting them. Yeah, um, but she did start off the interview saying that the reason that they got interested in this is one one night the husband went out <clears throat> outside and he heard a strange howl and he couldn't explain it. So he came in and told the wife, "Come outside, you got to hear this. There's something out there howling." And she was on the couch watching TV and she said. I don't want to go outside and I don't want to hear it. He said, you have to come. He said, I don't know what this is. I've never heard a sound like this. And since that day, it pulled him in and lo and behold, she even has footage of a couple of them in the neighbor's yard. Uh, now, of course, it's, you know, the, the black and white security footage at night, but you could clearly see a, something really big and the shadow comes in and ducks down and then another one leaves and she said they do that all the time right now i'm, I'm just curious about uh if if they can blend in or get invisible how come how come they don't do it all the time you know that's especially good, when they're around uh like populated areas that's a good question we, i don't know maybe it's uh, uh like you said like a chameleon and there's some things they can't blend in with you, you know they uh they have their own abilities, their own... Uh, until we can really... I, I don't even want to say study them because to study them, it's, 
it's going to be in captivity and we're not going to learn nothing from them. We learn nothing from the animals in captivity, only that they're unhappy and they can't breed and they're dying. Right. Uh, Well, look at what Jane Goodall said. It took her how many years before she could even get close to one. You would have to live in the forest probably and become like Tarzan. And then maybe they may, you know, get comfortable, so comfortable with you that they would expose herself to you and and not kill you right and not kill you yeah you would probably have to try and keep up with their hunting habits where they move especially if they're nomadic where they go you're gonna have to try and keep up and i, I don't well, know if that's a thing I, I don't think anyone could keep up i, I no. mean it's one thing to hang around with a, a bunch of monkeys or gorillas but the an animal like that who supposedly moves a big distance every night covering their hunting ground or whatever. Right. Now, if they have a house in their territory, like you said, they're always hanging around the house. And don't you think that would, uh, would get them used to the people at least to a certain degree? I would think so. Unless they're just curious for a while. Right now back to our spot where we go, we go, Every opportunity we get, uh, I'm not saying we've habituated the area, but they sometimes they come close, sometimes they don't. I mean, they don't come and walk right up to the camp, but no. we definitely know when they're around. They let us know when they're there. Uh, they've been close enough where we could smell them. Uh, we've heard the tree breaks, the, right. all that stuff. Right. I mean, we, we know they've come into our camp when we're not there because we've seen the footprints. And they do smell like a wet dog yeah or yeah yeah Yeah, well and and we weren't smelling the wet dog because there was no damn dogs around there right but yeah it was it was a smell that you're like oh what is that but here's another thing that she said uh that's that's when that's the comment you made that they do travel you know quite a distance at night hunting their territory when George Norrie asked her, he said, well, how are they built? She said, I've seen them. And she's, he asked her, well, are they built like a, a person that works out? And, and she said, let me tell you this. It's like a person that works out on steroids. Yeah. So she said they're real muscular, but thin. Okay. Well, but thin, but yeah, we've, we've seen bigger ones that aren't thin. Right. And she did say that the, the ones they see... Uh, that come around there like eight foot tall. And she said, there are some that are bigger. Okay. And so I, I think she said that the the size of the footprint that they got was like uh, 15 and three quarter inches long. So that's a big footprint. Right. Now, uh, as far as being thin, we are, we're all fat, uh, familiar with the Patterson-Gimlin film. Patty was not thin. No. But she was a female... I mean, who knows? She may have had young. That's why maybe she had baby fat. Right. You know? uh, but yet, remember the video, the fence climber? Right. Those were thin. No, and yeah. Those were thin and thin fast. Thin and tall. And fast. So I don't know. I, I believe they're, they could be just like us. Maybe the ones, the ones in the scouting or hunting parties, the ones who are out on the perimeter or on the perimeter of the tribe, of course, they're more active, so they'd be more lean. Right. And oh. then uh, like uh, maybe the ones... The older ones or the women who stay and take care of the, the young, maybe they're thicker because they don't do all the, as much running and stuff. 
Well, I could see that. Yeah. You know, the hunters are, they're definitely going to have to be leaner and faster because they're hunting. Right. And then you get the ones that may be part of the sedentary crew back, back at camp, you know, uh, maybe even some of the older ones would get a little because they don't have to hunt as much. Now, this is all theory. I don't know. But if they're intelligent, like people say they are, then, then they're, they may, you know, they may take care of their old or they may not. They may shun the old and banish them. And once the younger alpha male takes over, who knows? But, um, you know, I want to say, <clears throat> now this is just my opinion. I, I don't believe they do that. Now, we talked off mic about uh, the Sierra sounds. And uh, you said somebody analyzed the sounds and they're making syllables, which... right. It, it leans toward the direction that they have a language. Now, if they have a language, they're very smart and sophisticated where mm -hmm. we talked about they probably do bury the dead. That's why they don't find no remains. So if they would do that, care enough about them, their people to bury the dead, I think they would also take care of their elderly. They, I, th I think they would, you know, uh, unless they build a, a structure and that's the old folks home and they put them there and leave them there. <laughs> but n no... Uh, and that's a good point because everyone says these creatures are so intelligent. They're just intelligent as is man. Well, right. then don't you think they would care for the old? I mean, if they have the intelligence like that, like like people have said, they've seen the mother and they've seen juveniles. So they raise their children kind of like we do, you know, right. close-knit family. So then those children would grow up and, of course, they're going to cherish you and take care of you, maybe. Right. Um, but then again, if they're if they're like humans, some will, some won't. Right, exactly. Now, I know out in the the, the creatures in the forest, it's survival of the fittest. And uh, if one of the one part of the group gets injured or older, they just let them fall behind until eventually they're not part of the group no more. Right. Uh, now, but then again, with these, we're talking intelligence. So, right. Uh, with intelligence, maybe there's compassion. Right. And that's, that's funny you say that because they, I seen a video of uh, wolves, of, of wolves, you know, trekking along. And it was probably about 20 wolves. It was crazy. But the commentator was saying the, the ones in the front the strongest. were the strongest. The ones in the middle were the weak or injured ones. And the ones behind them or the rest of the pack. The old, and, yep. yeah. Yep, so uh, that makes sense. And I, I could see them doing the same thing. I mean, because out there, especially in harsh conditions like the forest, it could get... When it can it's hard get to find food. It can get brutal. So I could see them caring for each other right. just to keep the species going. Right. And um, and I think if they did that, they, they left their elderly or their sick or wounded behind, I think then we might find remains. Maybe. I think so. But, but like we said, you know, no one's found them. And the theory is that if they're that intelligent, they're going to bury them. Uh, they said there's several animals that will like, you know, carry off the dead or whatnot just so that people don't find them, find the trail. Right. Or, or either they're <clears throat> in more intelligent to uh, get the dead away from them because they know the stench, the disease, they know about that. Well, and you know, I'm sure that they've, they've experienced that just, just like humans. And once again, if, if they're even close to us, they know that once something dies... You, 
you got to dispose of it properly because, like you said, the disease will take hold. Now, <clears throat> I've heard stories of a Sasquatch eating people. Now, what if one of their elderly, I mean, is cannibalism an option? So here's my theory about that. People used to think chimpanzees were just, you know, plant eaters and omnivorous, but it's proven that they hunt and kill other members from different tribes right. and eat them. So right. they're car carnivorous as well. And I've seen a video of them hunting, killing one, and man, they ripped it to pieces. It, it was. It wasn't. It's I was brutal. It was brutal. I was like, "Holy crap! These are chimpanzees." <clears throat> but because I always thought, "Oh, chimpanzees! They're you know, they're just benevolent little creatures." <clears throat> well, that's what uh, we learned about them on TV. Right. But no, uh, this video showed them how they hunted. Man, they were brutal. Sticks, rocks. But once they got them down, like ten of them came up and they just pounded him. He didn't, once he didn't move, they started just ripping them apart. Yeah. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Right, and you hear these people who have pets, and once the chimpanzees get older and stronger, <clears throat> they attack them, and, you know, they'll, they'll chew off their hands, they chew off their face, they chew off their genitalia. Well, um, yeah, you know, but that's what, that's, that's their nature. It's their DNA. Right. If, if you truly watch them in the wild, yeah, when they're just chilling and there's food, they're eating whatever vegetation whatever's around but like you said maybe in scarce times when there is no vegetation no berries no bananas nothing on the trees they're like well we're gonna have to eat old buck joe down the road right well that, that's what i was my point i was making with the sasquatch um in the winter they're, they're known to be in high, higher elevations in mountains uh maybe game is scarce what if they say man the whole tribe is hungry so Grandpa's got to go. Grandpa, you're it. Yeah, it, it's possible. I, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it's not because we don't know. But if if they have primate in them as well as like people say human DNA and primate, that primate DNA right there, that's that's gonna say. Well, you know, uh, it's in our DNA to eat someone else. Right. We'll, we'll say a prayer for you, but we're gonna eat you. That's right. Now I want to get back just just real briefly. You said that woman said that they're they're like somebody works out on steroids. Yes. Now there was a, a video in a zoo of a chimp it had some kind of disorder, but he had no hair. Did you ever see that one? Mm. And that guy, that guy was he was built like a gymnast. He was man. He was well. That just tells you well they have such massive upper body strength because they swing from the trees. They hang. Right. And but the one I saw was in a zoo. Did you see that? Video? I, I did now, see it. One in the zoo would not be. I guess using his muscles as much as one in the wild. No. Could you imagine how the ones in the wild are there? Well, that's why they're saying, you know, a chimpanzee, a full-grown adult male chimpanzee could stand about, what they say, about five foot tall. But he's he has the strength of about three or four men. I mean, they are super strong. So can you imagine one of these Sasquatch creatures that stands, let's say, eight foot tall, 700 pounds, Man, that's he. They could rip you into pieces. Right. So that's kind of crazy. And, and that's why I, I see all these uh, 
Bigfoot sightings, the, the, the incident I had, if they wanted me, they could have had me. They could have. Easily. Right. Easily. And, and that's what this lady also said. She said, you know, if they wanted to get in the house, they could have. And George Norrie asked her, said, well, why don't they break windows? And she said, you know what, George? That's a good answer because not only have they seen them at the window, many other people have had encounters where they look in the window. Right. But why they don't, excuse me, why they don't uh, break windows and try and get in or were, kick were you, doors Were you in? doing your infrasound there? That was my infrasound. <laughs> so I hope I paralyze someone out there. <laughs> Somebody's scared to death that's, right now. That's right. <laughs> Email me. <laughs> uh, send, send us your location. <laughs> I want to find out if it worked. Yeah, but uh, it's weird because um, I've heard that too, a lot of window peeking, but um, I, I've heard them throwing like rocks at the house and cabins, but never through a window. I don't think I've ever heard that. I mean, I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but I've never heard that. Yeah. And uh, supposedly when they throw rocks... They're pretty accurate. Right. Now, just as far as throwing rocks, primates throwing rocks, when I was in the military, I was stationed overseas, and uh, it was a jungle environment, and they had wild monkeys. And one thing they said is do not get into a rock fight with them because they throw harder than you, and they're more accurate. <laughs> yeah. How funny. A monkey can pitch better than you. Yep. <laughs> and you hear the same Oh, so easy. A monkey could do it. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. But she did say that too. She said that they would pebble the house. She called it pebbling the house. They would constantly, like uh, certain nights, just constantly just throw pebbles, and you'd hear them hit the house like tech. Wow. Yeah. It it, it was crazy. But. Now uh, George Nori told her that it'd be hard <clears throat> to sell the house now that the 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 proof is out right and uh she said that she don't have to disclose it in her state right so she says in arkansas it has it does not have to be disclosed now i know certain states have uh disclosure i guess guidelines you know that if a a, a murder took place or right. a, a house is haunted or whatever you know, and, and, and I know if they disposed. don't disclose it and you buy the house and find out, you could turn around and sue them and get the house for almost nothing. That's right. Now, we were talking about this off mic that uh, they think it would be hard to sell because a husband wants to disclose it, but she don't. And I, I said they should disclose it because two fools like us would want to buy it. I, I think it would sell quicker because nowadays so many people are just into this Right. You know, this. Uh, so if you want to see us research out there, right. start a GoFundMe so we can buy that. So we could buy that house. And we'll do weekends with fans over there. That's right. We'll, we'll broadcast live. We'll podcast from there. We'll have a, a cam running in the yard 24-7. Now, if we find out it's <clears throat> very scary and dangerous, we'll be like on Expedition Bigfoot. You guys will be out in the field and we'll be in the house at the home base. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you ever notice that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it was interesting. I, I really enjoyed that uh, interview with her. I think it was one of the best because I've heard a couple that George Norrie did on Bigfoot. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're not telling me anything new, but right. she was saying a lot of the same stuff that people did, but it just felt more genuine. It's like she lived it. Um like I was telling my brother, she gave a, uh, she told a story about a little fawn that she saw them uh, 
she said they were playing with it. She saw it. She was looking at the group playing with it, and it was through a night vision camera. And uh, she said, you know, they surrounded it. They were playing with it, and you could see the ears move, so you knew it was real and alive. She said, but it was frozen. It wasn't moving. And one of them just went up to it and just snapped the neck. And she said, but it didn't, like, immediately fall over. It just stood there. And me and my brother were talking, saying, well, why? wonder why it didn't fall over. Uh, but when she, she said she, she doesn't like to talk about that portion, and she kind of got choked up. So to me, I'm like, okay, she's reliving something that really bothered her. So. Right. Now, the only thing I could think of is they use their infrasound, like we've heard, to, and maybe it, it paralyzed that fawn to the point where its limbs were frozen stiff. It locked stiff, it yeah. It locked, the legs were locked. That's why when they snapped the neck, it didn't fall over right away. Right. But, and, and George asked her, do you think they ate it? And she's like, I don't, I don't know. She said, I don't know. Well, if they left it there that close to the house where they could catch it on camera, she would have known once it started oh, rotting. Oh, yeah, once it was rotting. Or, or did they drag it off into the forest? But to me, I think it, if they're going to kill it, they're, they're probably going to eat it. Right, I, I believe that. Yeah. Um, now, it, they were playing with it. It was frozen with fear. Maybe it was a lesson for the young ones. Maybe. You know, you got to teach them. Right. Yeah, it's and, like, uh, this is you, how you, you do can't it. teach a young one right away with like a say a full grown bull elk. Well, you <laughs> can't you can't take a young one and take them on a hunt and expect them to learn and watch you and say, now you do it. But like that with the small, you're like this is how. Here's where you grab it, and this right. is how you do it. Right, just yeah. like other creatures, they'll uh, say they'll get a rabbit and they'll wound it, <clears throat> and then they'll let the young ones play with it, practicing. Right, kill it. Yeah, you're right. And that's, a, I didn't even think about that, but that's a good theory and it's a possibility that's what they were doing. Uh, but it, I, I just know it bothered her. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. I'm, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not sure uh, how I would react to that. Now, we've had our experiences, but uh, I mean, to live around it where they come to you and at your, at your home. Right. Um, but uh, I, I think I'd be down for it. You know, as long as... Uh, I wouldn't be going anywhere at night, I tell you right? As long as they're not trying to kick in the uh, the door. Right. I'm all right with it. Now, yeah. I, I would be open to, like, if I had company outside with the bonfire in the yard. Right. Well, she did say that they are heavily armed. There you go. She said, and George asked her, if one did get inside the house, would you shoot it? And she said, in a minute. She said, it's like an intruder to me. Right. And now... We got a, a couple of slingshots, and we got was a sling like on David and Goliath. That's right. We're yeah. gonna bring the giant down. That's right. But I, I don't, you know, I, I could see her point. If one did get aggressively in, and you know, these things could probably kick that door in easy, and it did come in. You better hope that uh, when you shot it, it goes down. Right. And we we've talked about this because people say, oh, I don't know if you could kill it, but. It's just like hunting. It's shot placement. If you don't put a good shot in an elk, you're not going to kill it. That's right. She did say this, though. She said, he asked her, would you go out there and, like, some people say they want to hunt it? She said, no. She said, I'm going to tell you why. If you went out there and you shot one, she said, because they do not travel alone. You may think that's the only one out there. She said, but you're wrong. She said, you would never make it out alive. Right. As soon as you shot that one, 
the other ones would be on you. She said, so I would never go out there with that intention because she said, you'll never make it out alive. Yep. And I've heard that over and over. Right. Just like, uh, I know we're running short on time here, but we talked about the kill teams. Right. And they told them, if you see one, shoot it because they will be on you faster than you know. That's right. That's right. Yep. I, I believe that as well. But anyway, maybe the the people, the lady who wrote that book, she was going to listen to this podcast or uh, somebody she knows is going to listen to it. And if they haven't uh, sold the house, we'd love to go visit them. That's right. Reach out to us. Um, she has a website. Maybe we should email her. Right. Now, we might regret it. It might be the scariest thing we've ever encountered in our life. But <laughs> it may be. Hey, what don't kill you makes you stronger, right? That's right. But anyway, that's going to do it for us tonight. And we hope you enjoyed what we brought to you. Uh, we hope you enjoy our show and reach out to us. Keep it squatchy. That's right. Hey, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. And be sure to reach out to us at cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. Peace. Peace.